Welcome to Midwest Mind Meld with your hosts, Josh and Jason. Welcome, welcome back to Midwest Mind Melt, all you filthy, disgusting, bigoted Midwest listeners. Nah, I'm just kidding. We like you guys. Jason, don't we like them? Of course we like them. Why wouldn't we like them? Exactly. They're what keeps us going, right? Exactly. You guys are what keeps us going. <clears throat> anyway, man, the whole point of us starting a podcast, one of my motivations was to talk about difficult, controversial subjects. Oh, absolutely. I feel like a lot of people tiptoe around these things. Let's talk about one. I want to ask you about white supremacy. What does that mean to you? White supremacy to me is the ideal of um, white people being the um, dominant race, I guess is what you're looking for. Sure. Um, to me, at least, that's that's what it means is, is people trying to fill that ideal ideology and trying to promote that I- ideology when you say people you mean white people well well just uh, anybody who considers himself a white supremacist okay that's what that's what i think of when i think of white supremacy neo-nazis obviously um right you know kkk stuff like that but it's more or less just uh an ideology right that people are trying to like fuel and and promote Sure. Absolutely. And there's probably some history behind it, too. Yep. Um, one thing that I've noticed is the last few years, um, I noticed it in like 2017, 2018 and 2019. There was like a media obsession with it. There was. It was um, like between the Me Too movement and between, um, you know, Donald Trump bashing, there was like, you know, white supremacist talk. Well, I think a lot of that came from um, Donald Trump and his some things that he had said during a couple of his speeches you know, people label that as, as white supremacy or bigoted. Well, just the whole idea of Donald Trump is what some people would consider white supremacy. Why do you think that is? Because he's a white man in power. <laughs> and because there's a lot of groups out there who believe that, you know, the United States is basically founded in white supremacy. Like, its roots are in white supremacy. So, I mean, obviously, there's difference. You know, there's a difference of opinion when it comes to that. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. Um, can't really say, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I mean, I guess I can't really relate because I don't really look into white supremacy at all. Like to me, it's right. It's just one of those things you hear about, but you, but I don't really think about it. Yeah, it's not really something that, like you know, us uh, middle class, working class people really think about. Well, like. I don't know. My be- one of my best friends growing up was black, dude. I mean, like, right. like blacker than black. Um, and I say that like with all due respect, but like, you know, it, it's it's it wasn't for me. What like I didn't see him any differently. You know, like we'd go out and uh, you know he'd call my grandma, grandma. You know, his mom was my mom. Like, like we were family. You mm-hmm. know, and to a lot of people that like that's that's a strange like concept. You know, especially maybe not in Arizona, like. But I know, like, down south, that would have been kind of something that, that people are like, whoa, what the fuck, you know? Right. I mean, and let me ask you that, because both of us, we don't come from the Midwest. No. Both of us hail from the Southwest, which yeah. the Southwest we know is historically um, Hispanic-dominated. I yep. mean, it was actually a part of Mexico really not that long ago mm-hmm. and was um, taken and won by the United States. Yep. So, you know, and I was born in Albuquerque. And if, if you know my family, my mother's Hispanic and yep. my father's uh, white. So I, I am a product of multiculturalism. Yep. And New Mexico is very, you know, like I said, it's very Hispanic dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much 
white and Hispanic. Very few blacks, I mean, make up the population of New Mexico. Mm. Now, Arizona's a little bit different, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's about the same thing, but it's just it's a much larger population. And I would say New Mexico is probably actually more predominantly like Native American than it is anything else. I, I disagree. There's a lot of Native Americans, but I would say that there's more like Mexicans and... Other, I, I don't know. I've only driven through there, so I just know what I've seen. There's a lot of reservations, sure. Yeah. Yep, and that is what pretty much makes it up. And I forgot to mention the Native Americans, but yeah, there's a lot of them there. But yeah, I would say like Southern Arizona where I grew up, I mean, there was a lot of black people, but it wasn't like predominant. Like it was right. definitely predominantly more Mexican, especially where my parents live now. It's predominantly Mexican. Right. Um, and I say Mexican, like, because like here in the Midwest, we have, you know, Hispanics from all over the place. From Cuba to El Salvador to uh, even Honduras, mm-hmm. you know, I I'm not even gonna lie. When I first I when I was younger, man, I was pretty naive. I thought that you know everybody who spoke Spanish was Mexican. You know, that was my you know when I was younger. And when I came here, it was the first time that I actually somebody said something to me about because I made a a, a a comment about somebody being Mexican. He's and he goes, whoa, whoa, I'm from El Salvador, mm-hmm. and that's you know. And that was a big culture shock to me because, you know, like I said, I thought everybody who spoke Spanish was Mexican. I remember when I moved here, uh, one of my girlfriend's uh, friends was black, mm-hmm. but he was speaking Spanish. And, dude, that was a mind blow to me because I didn't know that there were black Hispanics that, you know, I mean, it right. seems a little naive to me, but I'd never seen it, you know. So um, definitely a culture shock, you know, and especially the diversity, you know, in the different areas in the United States. But, um and I and, and that's part of that too is is when you when you look at white supremacy they don't they don't include Hispanics in their movement like it's all about you know predominantly white people right well and you know when we talk about one of these subjects it's always smart to define what you know it is and so yeah, I absolutely. I searched um, I did a lot of research on white supremacy I, I've looked into it before. But before this podcast, I definitely wanted to brush up on it. And um, what I found is it's basically um, different people have different views on what it is. Mm -hmm. Now, white supremacy is obviously something that's been talked about in the black community for a long time. And honestly, I think um, some of those grassroots, um, underground uh, black movements and activists, they do the best job at really describing what white uh, supremacy is. Mm -hmm. When you hear like a liberal arts student talking about what white supremacy is... Um, it it kind of gets really cringy and really um, broad real quick, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So to define white supremacy, according to the um, Oxford definition, it is the belief that white people are superior to all other races of people, especially the black race, and therefore should dominate society. Also, um, <clears throat> Google, I found this interesting. Google defines racism as the prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. Now, a connection I make between those two definitions are they use and highlight the word superior. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to, is when you believe that your own race is superior to others. Yeah. That's ultimately what white supremacy is. Just, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we all, we obviously know that I wouldn't necessarily say white supremacy, but just, uh, supremacy in general goes back to, uh, World War II, goes back to Hitler. I, I think supremacy goes back, well, way beyond that. As far as human history. I'm going to say that's probably the biggest thing that when people think of, like, white supremacy, they think of 
that. That's definitely uh, um, one in modern history, a very good example. And that was, and that's another one that um, I want to talk about because that was a very specific type of white supremacy. Yeah. Very specific. And that did not include all white people in general. No, it did not. And uh, you got to find this kind of interesting because I know I do. That Jewish people, you know, anti-Semitism, which can refer to basically um, discrimination and, you know, prejudice against people that, that are Jewish, but also people who are um, just um, Arabic in general. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously somebody who's uh, a Middle Eastern, who's Arabic, you, you notice that they're not, you know, they're not white. You know, they're olive skin, they're dark skin, they're brown people. Yep. And, but somebody who's Jewish, I mean, those are white people. Yeah. I mean, their skin might be olive. But they're white. And so white supremacy is obviously not for all people. I mean, all white people. Yeah. It's a specific type of white people. You know, because in in Russia, there's a white supremacist idea, but it's not, it's more for Slavic people. It's not for, you know, um, blonde hair, blue eyed, uh, you know, um, Scandinavian people per se. And so there's definitely a lot of different corners of what white supremacy is. But. What I kind of want to focus on mostly is American white supremacy. Okay. And and basically dissect what that is because it's it's all very confusing. It is. It's it's extremely confusing. Very confusing. When I started reading up on it, there was I'm not even gonna lie, man. There I didn't have time to look up every term that was thrown out in what I was reading, and it seems like you can get lost. <coughs> you can get lost at least in the literature of it. You can get lost in it very easily. Yes. And I think that that's probably where a lot of this 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 comes from is especially and not to mention like news outlets and and things of social media they 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 make it more than probably what it is and and it's and it like you said it confuses people it's very confusing i know very misleading yeah i got confused just reading some of it and i was like fuck man yeah it's crazy so i just want to ask you how much of a threat do you think white supremacy is in modern times to an individual living in the united states it would depend on in which con like well, let's just start with yourself for me i don't think it's an issue for me i don't think there's a threat to me at all right i and really don't i would say the same thing to myself i don't think there's i don't feel a threat of white supremacy um i would but it also it, it also depends on where you're talking about geographically as well well sure it de- depends on who you're talking about exactly now um the closest area that i can think of for um uh, black people in Nebraska would be North Omaha. Yep. Everybody always refers to North Omaha yep. as um, the, um, the, the ghetto, basically the, the, the ghetto. Yeah, the hood. Be, because you know, really, when you think of Nebraska, and you if you were to go to North Omaha, you'd be like, "This is not what I was expecting Nebraska exactly. to be." Yeah. Okay. So, how much do you think for somebody living in North Omaha, a black person, that uh, white supremacy? You know, how big of a threat do you think it is to their personal safety to them i would say it's probably threat wise i would say it's probably not a as big a threat as we want to think it is but i definitely want to say it is a threat it can always be a threat absolutely um i because it's more predominantly black people there and i don't know i honestly don't know how many white supremacists we have mm-hmm. in the greater state of nebraska or the greater metropolis area of omaha but i would definitely say that 
for Omaha, it's probably not as big a threat. Yeah, I would say in, in that respect, you're more talking about the sy- systematic type white supremacy, yeah, yeah. and that comes in a much more su- subtle, you know, subtle form than you know in your face. You now, know, if you're talking like Aryan Brotherhood, neo-Nazi type. Now I can say that, like me as an individual, I probably wouldn't go to North Omaha without somebody who's from North Omaha. Like I definitely wouldn't go there by myself. Now you wouldn't feel welcomed or safe. Exactly, and that's and that's not a racist comment by any means. It's just. Because that that belief has been put into people's head about white supremacy and what the white man can do, that you would feel you'd be looked at as a threat. Exactly. And honestly, you kind of give off cop vibes, so you know it's probably smart. Yeah. Now I've been to North O many times. Um, I've you know we've picked up friends who hang out in North O, and yeah, I would definitely say that it's it's not my side of town you know it's not i definitely stick out like a sore thumb and i've been told i give off copy vibes (laughs) however what i noticed about north omaha is it wasn't as bad as people make it out to be yeah and that's also what i've heard we actually i don't know if if he worked there while you were there but we had a guy that lived in north o but he was very like you could tell that that's where he was from Right. By his demeanor, the way he spoke, the things he said. Just cultural things you exactly. can tell he's just not one of us. Like Exactly. But we but got what along. What do you mean by us? I mean one of us <laughs> white people that, you know, benefit <laughs> from white supremacy, oh, supposedly. So, but, but no, is, no, but yeah. you can tell, yeah, by the way he talks that, you know, he's not from the same block that you and me would be from. Exactly. You and me have more in common than, you know, I would with him. Yeah, exactly. In that respect. But, you know, we all get along. Yep. We all do our job, and that's all it is. We don't make a big deal out of it. Yep. But, yeah, I definitely don't think that white supremacy here is going to be as big a threat as it might be in California or Detroit. Yes, and that's the other thing I want to talk about. For the great state of Nebraska, I would say, and just working in the prison system, white supremacy is not a huge thing. There is definitely a divide in race. Yeah. You're going to find that in most... uh, institutions yep but i would say we do not have a strong um foothold for aryan brotherhood here no. though the worst we got is the pecker woods yeah. and the pecker woods work very closely with the serenio so that should go to show you that you know they're not very hardcore in their hatred exactly now yes if you go to a prison in california you'll see it is very racially segregated you'll well, see you'll see a lot of aryan brotherhood well the aryan brotherhood was actually started in san quentin state prison i believe it um and actually it was founded in 1964 so it, it goes way, back goes back quite it goes a ways. back a ways yeah um it was kind of interesting when i started reading because i did some research on the aryan brotherhood because it's one of the most known white supremacist white supremacy it's groups actually for the longest time it was one of the most feared prison groups um but actually they have an estimated 10 to or excuse me 15,000 to 20,000 members yeah i believe it um and it, and it's a perfect example. If you ever do research on the Aryan Brotherhood, it's there's a lot of research out there about them. But they actually not all of their members are in the prison system. No, um, they actually have so they have 300 full members to date, um, and about 15,000 plus um, in and out of prison. So they're very active with, um, you know, it's a very active brotherhood. All right. But obviously, in the state of Nebraska. They're not. No, it's not very... Uh, Nebraska is somewhat racially divided, but it's not anything that people live and die for, if that I makes sense. I would say that, that Nebraska is probably one of the most culturally diverse yes. places I've ever been. Um, um, I don't know about most diverse, but it's definitely one of the most 
peaceful places I've ever been. As far as coexisting. Yeah. As far as coexisting, because really there's not a strong history. I mean, there's no history of slavery in Nebraska. No. At least that I've ever ran across. No, and Um, I've never read about it anywhere either. And, um, you know, the worst history that I can even think of for Nebraska is, you know, the indigenous people, you know, basically settlers fighting with Native Americans and kicking them off their land. That's about the worst history that I can come up with. So there's not a lot of, you know, deep historical hatred for blacks in the state of Nebraska. Now, other places, it's a different story. Yeah. Now, one of the biggest place cities that I've ever, that, that I've heard is a big foothold for a lot of white supremacists is surprisingly Portland, Oregon. Hmm. Why do you think that is? I think, I think my theory is, is because there's a lot of progressives on the West Coast. There's a lot of progressives on the East Coast. So whenever you have a lot of progressives, I think you start getting a lot of pushback to those ideas. Mm-hmm. When you're constantly, you know, having diversity and multiculturalism, you know, shoved in your face and, you know, basically acting like anybody who questions these things is an evil piece of shit person. Mm-hmm. I believe it's only natural that some some people, especially white people, are going to feel um, threatened and feel, you know, get defensive. Mm-hmm about it and push back and some of them take it to the extreme i can see that so yeah portland oregon surprisingly and even like places like los angeles very progressive multicultural um places a lot of white supremacists surprisingly no see i i i was i was in um los angeles for for vacation for about five days and honestly like Maybe I didn't see that side of L.A., mm-hmm. but I I didn't see that kind of like uh, I don't want to say radicalism because it's not really it wasn't really radical, but like it didn't seem like people were like in your face about it. No, which, which was kind of interesting um, because, like you said, you know, California's full like a very progressive state, but yeah, they're not. It's not like I would have imagined it. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And Miami's the same way. All my experiences in Miami, and I've been all over Miami, let me tell you. And, um, like, even the ghetto in Miami, like, it's not in your face. Like, now, like, you know it's the ghetto, but, like, it's not, like, like you said, like, when you went to North O, people made it sound way worse than it really was. Now, the ghetto in Miami that you're talking about, are you talking about, like, um, the one that's Cuban, Haitian, or just, like... Honestly, they kind of coexist. So, I mean... It's Hispanic-based or Hispanic and black, mainly? Uh, predominantly Hispanic and black, yes. Okay, and, and see, that's interesting, you know, yep. that they coexist um, in Miami because in some places, like California's famous, a lot of the times, you know, Hispanics and blacks fight. Yep. Or at least they, they did, you know, for the longest time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely not as in-your-face as some people make it seem. Honestly, I from what I've seen, like, I've seen a few videos of like like white supremacist like white supremacy rallies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I don't think there is in as much in the public eye as we want to say they are. I think there's groups out there that are trying to make it a thing, and yes, it is a thing, but it could it could actually be on a much larger scale. I honestly just believe that the media exaggerates the fuck out of it. Now, the biggest event that I remember that um, got a lot of media attention was the Charlottesville incident in 2017. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but that was a white supremacist march that was met by counter-protesters, which was mainly made up of um, Antifa, Antifa, oh, yeah. yeah, Antifa yeah. members. Yep, right. And, you know, there was a big fight. And by the sounds of it, 
it looks like it was started by the um, Antifa members. Yep. And the result was one one woman got killed. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. Car, yeah. Uh, one of the white supremacist uh, guys in his car um, drove into a group of uh, counter protesters. Yeah. Antifa. Now the media made it sound like it was a very calculated attack and it well could have been but when i watched video footage of it it looks like this guy's car was getting attacked by a bunch of protesters like surrounded they were like hitting it with baseball bats and shit so he drove off and maybe his intention was to cause bodily harm that's what the court decided and when they charged him because it resulted in the death of a a woman but the media made it sound like these uh, counter protesters really weren't doing anything and they were victims and all this. Have you have you ever watched an an, like an Antifa video? Absolutely. They they are literally the most they don't care who it is, but they're out to do harm. Yeah. They're and, but they're very they're very wimpy because yeah. as soon as the police come out and the police deal with them pretty easily, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, it's and yeah, like they they definitely cause a big stir but one thing that a lot of people highlighted was president trump's response to that because he said and i agreed with him 100 percent, there was wrong on both sides yeah what people wanted to hear what the left especially wanted to hear was that he just condemning the white supremacist yeah now the white supremacist of course that those groups deserve you know to be condemned yeah. however i don't think it was responsible or smart for people to think that the other side was innocent in all of this. Yeah, and that's the way it usually goes. Well, yeah, especially in this case. So I found that there was nothing wrong with what um, President Trump said, that there was wrong on both sides, because I think there was. Absolutely. Had they not shown up to fight these protesters physically, they showed up with bats. That is not, you know, a peaceful protest that turned violent. That is a protest that had all intention of being violent. Well, they're lucky that the the white supremacists didn't show up with guns. Right. You know. Well, there. I think it's very fortunate that only one life was lost, and where there was, you know, hundreds of people fighting in yeah, exactly. a melee, you know, fight, that there wasn't, you know, more damage done. The fact that only one life was lost, which is one too many. It's, it's yeah. Of but it could have been a lot worse. History history has shown when groups of people are fighting like that, yep. you can have a lot worse, you yep. know, casu- casualty wise and body count wise. Yep. However. It was just a very unfortunate event all the way around. Yeah. But I think it got, I think it was important. It got um, Antifa in the light and kind of started showing people kind of what pieces of shit and how destructive they are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, also, um, yeah, um, you know, we mentioned those smaller groups, those yeah. groups, the neo-Nazis, um, skinheads. Yep. I mean, they're real. These are real groups. Well, the clue, the clue. Ku Klux Klan, Ku Klux Klan is still yes. is still inactive, still active, not near as um, influential as they used to be. No, by any means, and I think that that's just from society making making quote unquote racism um, or or uh, hate crimes uh, less tolerable. Mm-hmm. And so, with us moving away from from them being okay with that, these these white supremacy groups and they're 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 going to eventually lose their following. I mean, they'll never lose their following, but they're not going to be able to have the influence that they that they used to. Yep. Some sources say that they're growing, which I don't know how you know exaggerated that is, or if that's real. Yeah. I could see it either way. However, you know, 
the fact that we don't see these people very often goes to show that they're still in the shadows. They're yeah. in, you know, they're under the rock. And these groups deserve to be looked at. And, and a lot of them are labeled as terrorist groups, yep. as they should be. Uh, they, they're radicals. They're extremists. Um, <clears throat> they deserve to be. But I believe, um, you know, Antifa, Antifa, whatever, however, however you, you pronounce it. it yeah. yeah. I believe that they are also a terrorist group and should be oh, um, no, watched. And I, I believe they are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're willing, if you're willing to commit bodily harm to your fellow Americans, you're definitely. Well, these are the people too that are just obsessed with white supremacy. They see white supremacist symbols in everything, and in every single like yeah group that's out there, they're like, oh, that's a white supremacist symbol. It's like, is it really though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's it. and that's and that and that also comes with with that social media influence as well is, is right. a lot of people believe what they read on Facebook and unfortunately that's it's not always the case um you know it's anybody can throw 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 a news article quote unquote a news article post out there and that's not to in i mean you have access to unlimited amounts of of resources whether it be um a, a blog whether it be an article whether you know no matter what it is um there's so many of them out there on the internet, and people are like, "Oh, this is real." Well, not really. Is it a credible source? Right. And that's and that's what people need to start looking at is you know is what they're getting actually credible. Exactly. And I think that if people started looking at that a little more, you know, they might start actually seeing that that a lot of what they're reading isn't necessarily true. Maybe, but I think people see what they want to see. You know, we talked all about perception. Yes. And so. You know, there are things that are there that you can't argue with, and then there's things that people see, and there's things that people disregard based on their own bias and their own judgment, their own narrative. Yeah. And so I think a lot of that goes into it. Now, to get away from the groups, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I want us to talk about the systematic white supremacy. Okay. That um, a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of black activists have been talking about this for a long time. Um and like I said, I think they do the best job of talking about it. One, because they live it. Yeah. You know, they have to live with the history and the consequences of white supremacy, which, you know, I think is real. I think white supremacy, especially systematic um, white supremacy, is real. I just don't like calling it white supremacy, um, not because it offends me in any way, but because I don't think it's accurate. I think a lot of people of color have taken positions of um, high power and high paying, you know, positions. Yep. And they've played into this. And so to to say that this is a system made up of all white people and they control, you know, all the power and um, all the glory and all the paychecks, I think is completely false. I'd say it's mostly made up of white people. Mm-hmm. However, um, I believe that a lot of people of color, whether they be Hispanic, blacks, Asians, Middle Easterners, um, play into this as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I believe um, a lot of people, unfortunately, have sold out their own people and their own cultures. Yeah. I think you see that a lot with entertainment. But, yeah, when you look at the richest people in the country, I mean, I'd say hands down, you know, the the top 10 easily are probably white people. Yeah. I mean, we could look it up, uh, viewers. If uh, if that's false, you know, comment, tell me that I'm, I'm wrong because I could be. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, just off the top of my head, Jeff Bezos, probably yep. the richest guy in the country. Yep. Now, could that be a product of white supremacy? Absolutely. Could be. But I, I think it's because he just 
he had a good idea and he made it tangible. Other people could have had this idea for a business, yeah, but they didn't make it tangible. Exactly. Jeff Bezos did. And so to me, I look at that and I see, huh, that was a great, you know, business decision. Yep, exactly. Some people look at that and they say, no, that was systematic racism at play. And it's like, I, I just, I don't see it that way. No, it's, there's, and, and this has definitely come to light probably in the last 15 years. Um, anybody's capable of doing anything. Just because somebody's white doesn't necessarily mean that, that they have a leg up. But... I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get kind of on the other on the other track here though, um, and and this isn't by by any means not a racist comment, but if you look at ninety percent of professional football players, mm-hmm. not not very there like if you look at the statistics from white to black, there's a lot more black people that play professional football than there are white people, and I'm not saying that to be racist. I'm saying that be you know to be statistical, right? You know, and so you know. Could we consider that black privilege? Well, I mean, you can. However, what what somebody on the other side would say is, well, look at the owners of those teams. How many of them are, you know, white men? And you're not wrong. Just about all of and them. And I mean, you can you can counter you can counter ar- argue any any point that we're making here. I, by which- absolutely, but no, I see what you're saying. I mean, the United States has a very bloody history. It, it really does. C- capitalism is very ugly as far as, you know, there is a big divide between um, the, the poor and the working class compared to, yeah, the billionaires. Yep. Th- there is a big divide. However, what you just mentioned with athletics goes to show, and, and I think that's an area especially where blacks have shined. I think they've yeah, shined exactly. more than Hispanics. They've uh, shined more than whites. It was an area, even going back to like the 40s, Sugar Ray Robinson. Yep. One of the best boxers, um, considered the best pound-for-pound boxer to ever live, you know, at a time where this is when Jim Crow was still in full effect. Yeah. I mean, th- this this was very racist times, you know. Yep. And he, but he he got a lot of respect yep. because of his athletic ability. And then jump forward, you got, you know, guys like Muhammad Ali. Yep. You know, and you can jump back. You know, guys like Joe Lewis in boxing, you know, a lot of respect. And then you had um, the incident with uh, Jesse Owens, you know, basically kicking um, all of Hitler's athletes' asses on the track, you know. Um, So that was definitely an area where blacks were able to shine. Now, of course, somebody, and it was always a white person, always a white man, decided that they were going to take this and profit off it. Okay, good business decision. But, yeah, you are using people. However, yeah, a lot of these athletes have gotten the opportunity to jump from, you know, rags to riches. Mm-hmm. Almost, almost, you know, overnight. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, it's definitely not um, systematical racism or systematical white supremacy. Does not, to me, doesn't exist. It really doesn't. Because I've worked with very successful people of all colors. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how much work, <coughs> how much work you're willing to put in to get there. Yeah, it's like you said when you worked in the prison system. You know, you had gang members there that said that they had nothing else. You know, that's what everybody did in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like you asked them, well, what about the people that aren't in gangs? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a choice that you make. You can't blame society or a system for something for a choice that you make because you're now in a position where you're not successful. Right. I mean. When it comes down to it, I do believe that it exists. However, um, you know, there's going to be people of all races 
that are going to work hard, who probably are never, who, who I guarantee they're never going to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be me. You know, I like to say that I work hard. Yep. And you work hard. And we're probably never going to be a millionaire. No. I mean, one, I'm not coming up with any, you know, innovative ideas. Exactly. I'm not, yeah, and even the innovative ideas I have, I don't know how to make them actually tangible and into a profit. You know, maybe I could, but it's just that drive's not in me. However, yeah, the point is there's people that are working, you know, two, three jobs that are probably never going to be millionaires. Yep. You know, there's a difference between working hard and working smart. The point is the opportunity is there if that's what you want. Yep. You have to be willing to almost sell your soul. If you have to, you know, to uh, gain wealth. But to a lot of us, that's not important. So with that being said, I do believe that there is some systematic uh, prejudice and racism. I believe, you know, the history that, um, you know, different groups have had to undergo in the United States still affects them to this day on some level. However, personal responsibility definitely goes a long way. Yep. Now that's easier said than, you know, done. That's easy for somebody to say, you know, in my position. However, you know, and I've had this talk with inmates, you know, it doesn't matter what you went through, you know, growing up. That gives you and it doesn't matter if there's even a system out there that's working against you that gave you no right to break into somebody's house yep. and threaten their family, whether you think you did or not, whether you think it's for survival or not. You know, and, and, you know, steal their shit. Yep. Or, you know, put a gun to somebody's head and, you know, try and steal their shit. Like, that gives you no right. Yep. You can't act like a fool. You know, you should be acting less like a fool, especially if you recognize that there's a system Playing that's working against, against yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You should, be, you should actually, if you, if you believe, if you wholeheartedly believe that there's a system working against you, you should be trying to figure out how to work that system. Well, and some people have. But, I mean, some people have done it in the wrong way. I mean, I would argue that rappers, that a lot of black entertainers have um, played into white supremacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, a lot of rappers, you know, they sing and they get paid by um, record labels that are owned by uh, white people, mm-hmm. white businessmen, you know. So they're doing good themselves, but their communities, you know, where they come from, you know, they... they they're not doing so good. They're yeah. not doing so hot. But, you know, good for them. They got out of it. Exactly. But it's like, you know, it, you know, Oprah. Oprah's doing very good. Yep. We could go down a list of of, of, of black people who are going to have more money than you and me combined yep. our entire lives probably. Yep. Um, the city of Atlanta. Uh, the city of Atlanta has a very large black population. And there's black people in business that are doing just wonderful. Exactly. And my aunt, she worked in D.C. for many years yep. at the Pentagon. And she said a lot of the top positions that were held there, and this is through the 80s and 90s, um, way back then, was uh, held by a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't have even known that. I would have guessed that a lot of those government positions were held by just white people. Yep. Because a lot of them are. But a lot of people don't know that. No, and and it's and that's the thing is, is, is people are very, like, they get tunnel vision when you start talking about topics like this absolutely and they don't they don't see the broad spectrum like for for example um if you don't know the virgin islands is a predominantly like african-american like base like that's the main race that's there but um when we when i was down there their um tag their adjutant general that controlled the national guard for them was she's a one-star general was african-american 
and 90% of the, the people that held rank in that organization, high rank, were African-American. Mm. So it's definitely one of those situations where, you know, people don't look outside of, like, what they actually believe. They, Their it's just, perception. It's, yeah, they, they, you know, they're not willing to walk into it with an open mind, if that makes sense. A lot of a lot of people aren't. I, I just think one the reason why it's important to, I guess, have these conversations um, at times is because it's very misleading. If if you tell, you know, young black kids that white supremacy is real and it's holding them down, then a lot of them are probably just going to grow up believing that. Yep. And they might not even try. It's that perception. Yes. And if they think that um, their government is out to get them and is evil, then why should you follow the law? If yep. that's really what you believe, then why would you want to follow the law? Why would you want to be a productive member of society? Exactly. It's like I've, it's like I, it's like I've said before. There's nothing, not not on the podcast, but like we've had conversations. There's nothing that I can do that somebody of color can't do. You no, I, I agree. I mean, um, a lot of the neighborhoods I lived, I lived, we, my family lived in Texas for a while. Uh, that neighborhood was about as diverse as you can get. Yeah. I mean, so obviously the people you know of color and the people um, who were basically the non-whites, they had just as much you know. Or more than than we did as far as material goods go yeah. and opportunity. I believe we are exactly, you know, on the same level as far as opportunity goes, and that's really all you can do. I mean, people today try to correct history. Yeah, they're trying. You know, and there's nothing. There's no reparations that can be paid to correct. You know, the history of slavery. Yeah, uh, by any means. There's and nothing that we can do to really do it, to really correct that. We can only move forward. Yep. We can only, you know say to ourselves that and, and you know make sure this those type of things don't ever happen again exactly we just we, we move we move forward preventing that from from being a thing becoming a thing exactly we can't we can't really do we can't beat ourselves up forever about it exactly i'm not willing to do it um i hope you aren't because beating yourself up gets you nowhere exactly there's no reason to to dwell on it yes exactly but um to i mean it definitely needs to be taught in history because it, it is a part of our history the country part of our country was built on you know slavery and yeah. was built um kicking natives off their land yep. we can't deny that that's that's history we can't deny it but you know i think for the united states as, as violent as the history is i believe that um we, we've come a long way and we've allowed ourselves as a country to evolve and change yep some of it by force, but a lot of it willingly. Yep. A lot of it, because I don't think the country as a whole was 100% racist at any given time. No, I completely agree with you. Um, well, it's kind of like, um, do you know the kind of off topic here, but um, do you, did you ever hear about Schindler's List? Absolutely. That That's a good a good time of like, even, even with what <laughs> was going on in World War II, he didn't believe that what Hitler was doing was right. Oh, a lot of Germans didn't believe that. And so, you know, he stands out more because he rescued, I forget the number of, of Germans or Jews that he rescued from the concentration camps. But, um, yeah, I don't believe that, that the United States by any means was 100% racist all the time. No. And I think that that, 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 that probably a good good example of that in United States history would probably be during, during the Revolutionary War when they started um, offering blacks to serve to earn their freedom. Yep. That was probably a huge stepping stone in that direction. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a nation that doesn't have a violent history. Yeah. Most of human history is a bloodbath. It, it is, is. It is war-torn. It is ugly with very few, you know, uh, moments of hope. Yep. And, you know, this, as, as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the best times to be alive. I mean, most of us, I mean, even people in horrible, horrendous, you know, high crime areas, you know, we're um, safer than, you know, than, than we could. I mean, we're safer. We're not in much as, as much danger as we could be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... Now, not to interrupt you, Josh. No, but, you're good. Um, do you think that there's been some events recently that have been over exaggerated by the media that try and promote um jesse smollett so okay so he's a he's the first one that comes to my mind yep um the media way overplayed that as as a white supremacist hate crime yeah um and i think that that we that we can blame the media today and i don't like throwing the blame at anybody but i'm gonna throw the blame at the media today for helping to fuel Sure. A white supremacy movement, if that makes sense. Absolutely. The media is obsessed with white supremacy. And that should be the number one red flag yeah. to anybody. When the media starts harping on a subject, whether it's noble or not, you need to start questioning it. Like At the, least the, that's my motto. Like I said, black activists have been trying to make their um, communities aware of white supremacy for the longest time. Yeah. For the longest time. Yep. And... So when the media all of a sudden out of nowhere just starts, oh, yeah, white supremacy is a problem and we need to be on the lookout. We need to hold each other accountable. OK, we need to start questioning. OK, what's your motive, media? Yeah. What but yeah, to- the Jesse Smollett was a great case because the media would have you believe and people like Jesse Smollett which ha- would have you believe that these attacks are all too common and they happen all the time. Yeah. These attacks are rare. And the whole story just sounded like bullshit. And I mean, from the beginning, it just yeah. sounded like bullshit. And even people in the black community were not speaking up for this incident because I think a lot of them saw right through it. Yeah, they knew that this attack, maybe it could have happened, but in Chicago, two MAGA wearing white guys, um, yeah, it just it didn't add up. Well, the thing is, but the LGBT community took it and almost turned on the black community. As a matter of fact, you know, for why why aren't you guys speaking up? Yeah, and. <laughs> Yeah, but the media took it and, and they fueled it. I think the media, hands down, would have loved nothing more if that attack was real. Oh, yeah. I think they would have yeah. loved it if and, the attack was real. And, that, and that's another thing that, that goes back to social media as well. Like, it's not that hard, especially, like, I don't know if you know what TikTok is. I've, I've recently done some some dealings with TikTok and, and kind of... I'm kind of updated on the times, so yeah. Seen see, see what it was about. But but there's when, when, when you have the ease of being able to stage something or create a video that comes to idea you know let's go back to the 90s okay film film production we'll say film production just because that's what it was mm-hmm. was a lot harder than it is today you can literally you and me can go outside after the podcast is done go film a video and it could be on the internet by tomorrow you know regardless of what it is and so that's where technology and social media has really kind of screwed us as a, as a, as a society because you know, it's not that hard to get something like that and get people to believe it. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's where that like like you said, when when the when the news media started harping on it, 
that's when we all should have stepped back and said, hey, hold on. And we did. And that's why it wasn't yep. as serious as it could have been. Sure. But, yeah, the fact is is that the Jesse Smollett incident just goes to show that the supply of hate crimes to that caliber are, you know, in high demand. But, you know, the supply of them are, you know, not very high. Yeah. So this guy had – because I think – like, again, I think Jesse Smollett would have loved it if this attack would have been real. Yeah. He would have jumped all over it. The media would have loved it. You know, if the attack was real, but it wasn't, it was staged because it had to be because nobody, no white person in the the city of Chicago that was in proximity of him was going to be doing that. Yeah, exactly. If anything, I, Jesse Smollett was, was a known actor too. Yeah. Which which nobody like. Apparently not very good. (laughs) Well, yeah. When you see an act, when you see an actor like that in public, why the hell are you going to attack him? Well, I mean, some people are crazy enough to do it. I, I believe you and me aren't. But some people are. The fact is, is that why wouldn't you steal a Subway sandwich? I would have totally stole a Subway sandwich. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he kept his Subway sandwich through that entire attack. Well, and the thing is, if, if they're going to commit a hate crime, the, the devastation to him and the, and the bodily harm to him would have been a lot more severe than what it was. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And that's, and that's what people need to remember. True hate crimes, these people are out for blood. Right. And that's, that's the thing you've got to remember. If you look at history... That's just how it goes. Right. And speaking of hate crimes, so I did a little research, and it, it the numbers are a little bit weird when it comes to hate crimes. So the Wall Street Journal says that hate crimes are increasing. But then the same year, the um, NPR.com says that the FBI reports that there's been a dip in hate crimes. I believe so, that. So, again... A lot of, you know, what gets prosecuted as a hate crime is up to the courts. There's been some cases, just one recently, actually, um, two black women in Brooklyn, I believe, attacked uh, a Jewish man, and they were yelling racial slurs. I don't believe that they were charged with a hate crime. Now, that's pretty clear cut. If you're yelling racial slurs at somebody or, like, homophobic slurs, like, usually that's almost undoubtedly they're going to get you with a hate crime. Yeah. But sometimes they don't. And that was one of those cases that they didn't and probably should have. But then there's, yeah, other cases that get charged as a hate crime and they might not have, it might not have been the most appropriate charge for them. Yeah. And so hate crime is, hate crimes are really up to the court. So the numbers that are reported on them are kind of unreliable is what yeah. I'm gathering. Yeah. But they do happen. They happen a lot. And now, would you say that, that hate crimes are done by white supremacists? Sometimes, yeah. What would you say a majority of them are? I don't, we'd have to look at the numbers, but... Um, the FBI report that I read said that like 53% of all hate crime, uh, perpetrators are white is what it said. doesn't make them white supremacists though. Not necessarily. Just makes them, you know, maybe racist or prejudiced. Yeah. So, yeah, going back to the whole white supremacy thing, it's, they're not as active as, as, as they make it seem. No, and that's um, and that's the thing. But they are they are active. Well, it's it's something to watch out for. Exactly, something to keep especially, an eye on. Especially and, if you're in a big city. And I believe society does a pretty good job for the most part of keeping their eyes out for yeah. it and not tolerating it. I really do. Some people think that it could be better. Maybe it could. It can always be better. Yeah. But I don't think it's the number one threat to even um, to minorities or no. anybody really. I just I don't. I think there are bigger. Um, threats, and I think it'd be very irresponsible of us to try and tell people in, in North O, you know, hey, 
white supremacy is probably what's going to kill you because I think that's horse shit. Oh, absolutely. I think they're more more likely to be killed by um, somebody that looks like one of them, a gang yep. member. Yep. And um, I 100% concur with that. Yeah, so it, it's just it's irresponsible. But it is definitely something to look out for, and I'm sure the news media is not done talking about it. We'll still probably try and um, fluff those feathers. Oh, yeah. So one of the ironic things is that when I was looking into, uh, like, the Aryan Brotherhood, mm-hmm. which uh, in order to join the Aryan Brotherhood, you have to take a blood oath. And that can be the... Uh, it's kill. creepy as fuck. Well, yeah, but, you, but, but the way that they do it is you have to kill either an African-American or a Hispanic inmate. That's how you get into that. But <coughs> the funny thing about this whole situation was when I was reading it, uh, the article that I was reading listed listed the allies of the Aryan Brotherhood and Serenios. The first the first couple surprised me. Uh, the Mexican cart or the uh, the Mexican mafia, yeah, is one of them. Lime. As, as well as the Sinaloa cartel, and I'm like, aren't these people of color? Aren't these yep. people? And so, can is it really white supremacy if if your allies are sure because people? they could just be. You know, it's just business, really, and it's protection. You know, if they have a common enemy, which is usually the blacks, mm. that's uh, one way that they work together. But, yeah, they do fight a lot as well because, um, like I said, the Pecker Woods and the Serenios in, in the Nebraska prison system, I noticed they work together a lot and they also fought a lot. But do you think that some guys join the Aryan Brotherhood in prison strictly for protection? Oh, I, w- I wouldn't doubt it. And maybe, maybe while they're in prison, maybe they develop a hatred for minorities that they didn't have before. I mean, I think a lot of that happens. Because I think, in, especially in California prison, as a white man, you're probably a minority in in those walls, and so you need a group to kind of you know be a part of. Yeah, it goes back to what you you know your favorite your favorite saying. It's like a religion. No, well, yeah, but like at that point, it's almost like a. A so a self-preservation type thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it could happen to anybody. And you know how easy it is to get in prison. Oh, yeah. It's very easy. Yeah. It, that's, that's another thing. I mean, that's one of the more obvious systematic um, white supremacist uh, things that people point to. And that's, you know, uh, there has been some pretty, you know, cut and dry cases of racism in the courtroom. Yeah. Between, you know, judges giving very harsh sentences to um, especially black men. Yep. But even black women have felt the wrath too. But uh, there was there was a case in Texas where a guy got life for um, a joint. He got busted with a joint, and he ended up getting freed after 17 years. But that so, that same judge acquitted uh, or uh, gave a very light penalty to a white dude who killed a gay prostitute, like shot him in the back, like straight up murder. And gave him like pretty much let him go free with a very light slap on the wrist. That's there, a very cut and dry case of racism. Yeah, and I'm not saying racism racism doesn't exist because it still right. it still does exist to this day. But um, the point is, is like, yeah, it's very easy to end up in prison. I think for really anybody. Yeah, and and I don't think white supremacy is to blame. To blame at all. I I really don't. Not. It's definitely not the whole story. No. It's a very cheap, and that's what it comes down it's, it's to. It's a scapegoat. It's a very it, for many for a lot of people. It is. If you're just gonna not try 
to do anything for yourself because you're beating yourself down, telling yourself, man, the system's working against me. You know what I mean? No, no matter what color you are, that, that's horseshit. Yeah. You know, you're just going to give up. You're just going to point a finger. Hey, there's no reason for me to try. You know, well, then don't. But don't ever expect to have anything, you know, any of your circumstances better. Yeah, exactly. Because it, at that point, you're depending on the government. You're depending on society to correct it for you. Well, there's, there's, and I'll I, tell you, that's a disappointment. That's going to be a disappointment. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's there's many people that I know that, con- you know, <coughs> I have friends on social media that constantly complain about their situation, mm-hmm. you know. But they're not doing anything to change it. Exactly. And that and that leads back into what you were saying is just, you know, if you're not willing to step up to the plate and change your circumstances, don't expect them to get any better. Right. Do, do I think that your complaints are real and legitimate? A lot of the times, yes, I do. I really do. Yep. And maybe I can't put myself in your shoes, but I can, you know, I can I can hear your pain through your voice or, you know, I can see it in your eyes and, and I can see it, you know, and I can hear it in your stories. Yep. And, you know, I feel for you. But at the same time, you know, that's all I can really do for you is, you know, feel bad for you. But eventually, you know, I'm going to ask the question, all right, what are you doing for yourself? Yep. And if your answer is just going to be, well, there's no point, I don't know what else to tell you. I really don't. I have one friend um, in particular, uh, and she's been through – she she puts herself through a lot of stuff. I, mean, I can't say she's been through a lot because a lot of the stuff she's been through, she's put herself through. But she's always, but it's one of those things she's always talking about, you know, why can't I get it? Why, why can't I have a break? Why can't this happen? Why can't that happen? And I said, and I talked to her one time about it. And I said, I said, you need to be willing to change what you do and the people you hang out with. I said, because if you're consistently hanging out with the same kind of people, putting yourself in the same situations, (coughs) your results are not, your, your, your results aren't going to be any better, Mm -hmm. you know, um, she she got married, got divorced within a year. Three three weeks after she got divorced, she got pregnant. He left, and now she's with another guy. Who I don't I don't know who he is, but you know, for all I know, in six months down the road, she's she's he's gonna leave her or something's gonna happen, and then all of a sudden she's back to right where she started. And I said, and and like you said, it just it, you gotta fix that. Nobody else is gonna do it for you. And that's well, you got to do something exactly. And so using using scapegoats to to justify why you're in a situation, right, is the wrong answer. Whether it's real or not, yeah. Whether it's very real or not, you know, there's always like I said, there's always things that you know you can be doing any, something. Any, anybody can be the CEO of a company. No, I. And and, and let me finish. <laughs> But you have to be willing to go through what right. it takes to get there. Most people probably want to be the CEO because they want the paycheck. But most people don't really want to sell their soul to a company, exactly. which is kind of what you have to do. I'm not willing to do it. I'm and not. I, I would love the paycheck of a CEO, yep. but I'm honestly, I'm not willing to put in the hours and I'm not willing to sell my soul to a company and be all about that company. Exactly. Fuck that and, shit. That, and that's what I'm saying. So if you want that, you can have it. Yeah, but you gotta. You're the one that's gonna have to put in the work to get to. And you need to, to take the hits. Exactly. Now you're gonna be dealing with difficult people that are gonna undercut you and you know say vicious things to you. And just be and just because you're a person of color, doesn't doesn't change those circumstances. No, I you, believe you, you I can, believe even people of color in this country have um, opportunity that they can exactly. take. 
Um, but it doesn't feel like it. I, I would imagine if if I grew up in uh, West Philadelphia, yeah, which is um, kind of like the North O, yeah. but it's a much bigger and much more historical. I would feel that probably based on what I grew up hearing and the things that I grew up seeing, and I don't know if you ever seen pictures of West Philadelphia, but it's ugly. It is an ugly, ugly, old place. Yeah, and it just it basically comes down to it's just old. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a very depressing um, place to look through, and I've only seen it through Google Maps. So I can only imagine living there, growing up there. Yep. Yeah, it'd, it'd probably feel like, you know what, there's no way out of this. Yeah. There's no fucking way. But there is. Yeah. You just got to seek that opportunity. Well, you have to want it, and, and you know, there's, pro- there's probably a lot of people there that just don't want to leave. They don't feel comfortable. They, you know, there's, there's some people who I've talked to, who've grown up in places like that, and they t- they tell me, they were told that, you know, the outside world, which is basically Whitey, Whitey's out to get you. Like, yeah. like Whitey's out to destroy you. And then they found out when they left, like, you know, just like my opinion of North Omaha, you know, it's not as bad as they said it yep. was going to be. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, so... That's all I got to really say for the subject. Um, I'd love to hear from some of you viewers. Uh, yes, comment, you know, tell us where we went wrong because I know we did go wrong somewhere. Yeah. You know, we did the best we could we with don't the... don't know everything. Fuck no, especially on subjects like this. Um, we basically came to the conclusion that, for me, I know uh, white supremacy exists, but I don't think it's as rampant as the media would have you believe. Exactly. And in and, and fact check all the time, guys. You know, like, if you if you see something on Facebook, Google it. If there's more than one article confirming it, it's probably true. But I would definitely do some fact-checking. Just Question. To- Question the media. Because yeah. at the end of the day, CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC need to practice what they preach because the presidents of all these, um, and I'm going to call them corporations, but, the, but their media empires, yep. they're all white. All white men. And these are the same organizations, you know, with anchors like Don Lemon, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> they're feeling the these people are telling you to be more accepting to be, you know, they're telling you to fight white supremacy while they're working for exactly what they're telling you to fight. Yep. Question them when they start getting behind a movement, no matter what it is, take a step back and question it. Analyze the situation. Absolutely. Well, for all you guys out there, uh, if you like what we're talking about, cool, hit the subscribe button. I'm not going to tell you hit the notification button because notifications can get annoying. Um, we do upload once a week, so um, <coughs> you can always come back and check for that. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys. Uh, throw something down in the comments. Let us know what you think. If you guys got a topic you'd like us to talk about, something you're passionate about, definitely let us know because we definitely want to hear from you guys. Um, other than that, we'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>